Hi guys, welcome back to the What About podcast. I'm Owen and hopefully if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know the format by now. We're diving into interesting topics about local church, chatting to leaders and getting the lowdown on how churches can impact their communities, react to current issues and discuss open discussions. In each of these sessions, we want to dig deep into why we do what we do theologically, but also practically chat about how that belief shapes our daily lives. Today, we're looking at reacting and listening to the needs of a community, how the church can listen to a community and work to impact it for the gospel. My guest this week is a pastor working in Bournemouth in the Elim Network of Churches. I met Mark in 2015, which seems like a very long time ago, where he was my placement supervisor at Moorlands and my pastor. He has a real heart for reaching the lost and evangelising in some unusual places. So it's a great blessing to have him on the pod. Welcome, Mark. Hi, Owen. Great to be here. Thank you. Oh, thanks for coming on. Really great to be able to chat with you and, and talk through what's been going on over the last little while. You, I know you guys are involved in some amazing things over in Bournemouth and Really great mm. to be able to chat to you and hear your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's 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 been an interesting, well, almost couple of years now, isn't it, with, yeah. with COVID and everything that's happening there with that. But I've got to say, uh, you know, without going into too much detail at this point, it's been some of the most incredible months that I've ever known in in all my not just in my years as in ministry, but in my years as a Christian. Mm. Oh, amazing can't wait to get into that a little bit more over this this time well why don't you just open up by maybe introducing yourself and just saying a bit about yourself and your family or yeah. your, your work and what you guys are involved in how you came to know sure. jesus okay excellent so my name is mark and i was i was not born in, into a christian family i didn't come from a christian family my grandma was a christian but my mother was very young when she got pregnant with me and my my dad was not a great character. Very long story short, my mum and I ran away when I was about four years old. We lived in Yorkshire mm. and uh, we came down to Bournemouth and my mum sort of started a new life for us down here. But as, as part of that new life, I started going to Sunday school. I think really it, it was just a way of getting it, get, getting me out on a on a Sunday, something to do, you know, to, to break up the weekend a little bit, give my mum a bit of peace. And uh, I used to, from, from the age of about five or six, I used to walk up to the local Brethren Church and go to their Sunday school there. You, it wasn't like Sunday school now. We didn't go into the service and then go out to Sunday school. You actually went to Sunday school and it, it was separate from the church service. But I really enjoyed that and particularly enjoyed the memory verses, because one of my great escapes in those days, always since since I was able to, has been reading and you would get points for memory verses and other things. Mm. And when you had so many points, you were allowed to choose prizes either mm. from the tuck shop or the bookshop and always went to the bookshop. And, and, and so I learned the memory verses so that I could win books. And, and, and even now when I, sort of think of scriptures in my mind and I bring scriptures to mind I think of them in the King James because this was of course the Brethren Church there was no other version of the Bible yeah. the King James was and is the inspired word of God and the infallible <laughs> word of God and and uh, no other versions were acceptable so uh, so everything I learned was in the King James and then when I was a, a teenager my grandma came to live with us and uh, she uh, uh, knew from her background an Assemblies of God pastor in Bournemouth where we lived and uh, and so I went along with her to this Assemblies of God church one day I, I was about 15 
And I went in and, and I've got to say, I thought that they were all completely nuts. <laughs> they they were totally off the wall, you know, clapping and singing and dancing and, and all of this sort of stuff. And drums and guitars in church was something which was OK at youth camp, but you certainly didn't have in church on yeah. a Sunday morning. And, and so I, I honestly thought that, that they were all a bit crazy and... I went to school and, and I said to my mate at school, you've got to come with me next week and see these nutters. And uh, and long story short, we went in and we both became Christians. Incredible. And, uh, I, I wish I could say that life was plain sailing from then on, but it wasn't. Obviously, I was a teenager. I, I stuffed up on, on many occasions and I, I walked away from God in my later teens and, uh, and came back to him when I was in my early 20s. And I learned a great lesson through that, in, in really, that, that we, we can walk away from god but he never walks away from us mm. and um and so that that really was all part of my journey i ended up at an elim church in in bournemouth and eventually that was where i met my wife got married there and i i was i'd started working as a prison officer at that time and through a series of events we we were offered a a, a post for a year to go and work with a Teen Challenge related organization in Tucson, Arizona, working with drug addicts who were coming over the border from Mexico. And, and so we really felt that that was something we wanted to do. And my, my work at the prison, they gave me a year off work to be able to do that. Everything was in place. And, and then we unfortunately didn't get a visa. They didn't grant us a visa. They, they this was couple of years after 9-11 and mm. they were very restricting on on us visas and so we put all of this all of these plans together to go to the states for a year you know a year off work we'd sold our house we were going to buy a new one when we came home and, and everything and in the end we we couldn't go and we were really really deflated by that because we felt that god had opened all the doors up until this last one and uh, we had a house group that night and we said to our pastor, you know, what, what do you think is happening here? And he said, words I'll never forget. He's sadly no longer with us. He went to be with the Lord a few years ago. But he said to me, he looked me in the eye and he said to me, do you think God wanted you to go? Or do you think he wanted you to be willing to go? Mm. And I thought, OK, well, that's interesting. And then he looked me in the eye and he said to me, it was a, a really as I look back now, word of prophecy. But he said, you're going to go to Bible college and you're going to be a pastor and you're going to be a preacher. Hmm. And I laughed at him. Yeah. And I said, I said no way. I said, I, I don't mind coming alongside people and helping people. But I, and I said these words, I will never stand at the front of a church and talk. And, uh, you know, God, God, God's plans are bigger than our plans because yeah. less than a month after that conversation, I was starting Bible college. Never give God an ultimatum. <laughs> no, that's it. Exactly. So, so I went to Bible college and, and then kind of came into ministry. I did a year at Bible college. I did an accelerated program called the School of Ministry, which was for people directly going into church ministry. So I did a year at college and then a couple of years of, of distance learning on the on the back of that and I, and I started working as an assistant pastor in the church and mm. and sort of god's god's taking it up from there coming up to our current situation um in in 2014 we planted a church in ringwood which mm. is a, 
a small market town right on the edge of the new forest and uh, that was great it was really good we saw god move there in some incredible ways but we right from the outset knew that that was going to be a uh, a three-year vision god had given us a three-year vision for that place and so mid 2017 we started saying lord you know what's next with, with our three years is nearly up and shortly after that i had a phone call from our regional superintendent who told us that that the church i'm currently at now was 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 open and would we be interested in applying? The church had been through a difficult time. In, in its heyday, our church was in Bournemouth. It was a it was a big thriving, you know, this was pre kind of mega church mm. um, times, you know, when, when all churches were kind of local churches. And they, there were a couple hundred people in the church. The pastor was a well-known fellow called Malcolm Duncan. And, and the church was doing well. And, and then through a series of events, you know, Malcolm had gone on to different ministry and the church had, had struggled. And when we took the church on, we, we actually started there the 1st of um, January 2018. So I'm coming up to four years in the church now, but the, mm. there was only uh, a handful of people in the church at that time. And so we really kind of viewed it as, a, as another church plant. We had a yeah. building. But we were sort of starting from scratch and and we've been amazed at how god has grown it over the last over, over the last few years and just some of the things that god is doing there yeah um, yeah I'll, I'll ask you to to chat a bit more about that and, and share a bit more of that in a minute i remember because obviously i so i met mark when he was leading new forest i was a placement student in ringwood with him there and i remember more than say you know oh you're gonna be put in this church you know you don't get um much information about it they say oh the pastor will call you and um so i get this phone call from this guy and we you know we have a good chat or whatever and i remember his name's mark and i i can't i could gotta say i couldn't remember your last name and i remember yeah Goog- <laughs> i remember Goog and there just being this this article on bournemouth news it was like bouncer pastor or something <laughs> yeah and, um, i was working part-time as a bouncer at the time yeah and, uh, and uh, paper had got hold of it and done a done a story on it and i remember sort of being like you know yeah biker and bouncer turned pastor vibe and thinking oh is this the guy that i just had a phone call with so yeah <laughs> that was the first time that I, I i i knew who you were but yeah really great time with mark of those years learned a lot and um really awesome to hear now about what's going on in in springboard and, and in the uh, church you're in now so you took it on as you said sort of handful of people obviously that's not where we're at now and praise god you know he's done an amazing work in in the church yeah. and you're involved in a lot of areas in the community do you want to just say a bit about that yeah sure so so i think the first year or so in any new church for a new pastor it, it it's you, you're bedding in you're getting to know the people and you're, you're bringing some changes to the life of the church and mm. to be honest there wasn't on a day-to-day basis to change because there wasn't much happening really so we had a, a bit of a change in, in leadership in the church. In fact, there, there were no leadership team as such at that point. And so one of my first things was to have an AGM. The church hadn't had an AGM in over two years. <laughs> so we, we had an AGM and brought in a small leadership team at that time with a, a, a retired pastor who was locally and um, one of the longest standing members of the church. And, and so that was the, the starting point of our leadership team. And we just started to grow 
from there and put different things in place and more people started to to, to come to the church. I'm always very mindful of, of Christians coming to another church from another church. Yeah. And when that happens, I will always have a chat with them, find out why they're coming, what their motives are, what, what if there's any problems that they're leaving behind and are they coming with the minister's blessing and, and, and you know, when necessarily, I'll, I'll, when necessary, I'll phone the other minister or have a chat with them. And so I'm always careful around that. But we really felt that God was moving some some mature Christians, key mm-hmm. people into place. And, and as I look back on it now, that was our our foundations being built. And that allows us now to, to do the ministry that we're involved in. And we took on this church. In those days, it was called Springborn Christian Centre. We changed the name to BH1 Elim Church. BH1 is our postcode. A lot of businesses locally use the, the BH phrase or, or whatever. So we felt that that was fitting. People know where we are. We know who we are. Yeah, um, It's kind of used as a short form of Bournemouth locally. Mm. And so, and Elim, I just wanted to really tip my hat to the fact that we are an Elim church and that's our identity. And uh, a lot of people don't know what Elim means. And if anybody listening today doesn't know what Elim means, it goes back to a story in Exodus where the the, the Israelites are wandering through the desert and they come to a place of refresh. They, they come out of a place of, of bitterness, a place called Mara. And they come into a place of refreshing, a place called Elim, where there are mm. springs of water and palm trees. And they're able to rest there and recoup there and God restores them there. And so that that's that's what Elim means. And and I really wanted to bring that into the name of the church. So so changing the name wasn't just a case of, oh, let's have a hip new name for the yeah. church. There was meaning behind it. And, and the church is located in a really... Um, socially uh, needy area where where the church is in Bournemouth there's a lot of bedsits and rooms and things a lot of the houses are cut up into bedsits and there's a lot of problems that come along with that there are there are massive drug issues and alcohol Mm. issues and and all the other related problems that come along with that and so I'm pastoring this church, which is growing. You know, we're, we're getting involved in whatever way we can. I'm, I'm doing the odd assemblies at the local schools and various, you know, we put on a coffee morning aimed at some of the older or lonely people in the community. We call it Coffee with Friends, which might sound a little bit twee, but it, 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 it's open to people who, who need it and who really need that friendship and that 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 community around them so we're, we're, we're kind of building community there but at the same time we're really aware that there's all of these drug problems around and i'm I, I with my background as a prison officer i'm 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 not put off by these problems i i i'm looking for a way to tackle these problems and so i started praying lord how can we have an impact on these issues here in this community now and again through a series of events we'd be here all day if i described it all in detail but i started some sunday night meetings in the church called gospel coffee bar where it wasn't like a, a stand-up sit-down church service but it was more like we, we put tables and chairs out yeah. at coffee and a very relaxed atmosphere and we would have then like a guest testimony. And I started looking for people locally who, who could share testimonies and things like that. And one of the people that came across our paths worked for a, a local organization called Faithworks. 
uh, or worked for Faith Works locally rather. And and she came in and shared a testimony of her own recovery and what God had done through that. And as we were chatting afterwards, she she said to me, have you ever met Sam? And I said, no, I have no idea who Sam is. Sorry, who, who are you talking yeah, about? Who is this Sam? And, yeah. And, and she said, oh, there's this guy who who's in recovery, but I just get the feeling that the two of you would get on really well. And I feel that God wants me to introduce you to it. So we, we had a meeting. This was at the start of the lockdown now. And we arranged the first lockdown. We, we arranged a, a meeting at her office and she literally introduced us both and then went off into a different room to do some work. Mm. And we just sat there first time we'd ever met each other. And we literally just got on like a house on fire. It was a real God moment. And, and Sam is in recovery. He, he has an amazing testimony himself, which I won't go into because that's for him to share but but he has lived an incredible life and and jesus broke into his life in a fantastic way and now he he dedicates his entire life to helping others in addictions amazing and so we we literally within within the space of a couple of weeks had just given him opportunity we gave him the building and opened the doors and said, look, you know, you do what you need to do here to reach this community. And that was where it started. So now, just to, to bring you up to speed on sort of what we're doing in the community, we have our church is open seven days a week. We have something on every day of the week at the church. On a Monday night, Sam runs a, a group called Steps and Scripture, which is a recovery group based on the 12 step recovery program but with a very clear biblical edge it's evangelistic in nature and uh shares the gospel with with people in recovery we were running an alpha so so we do each one for sort of 12 weeks or yeah. whatever it was alpha now it's steps in scripture next we're probably going to do something like christianity explored or nice. or you know whatever comes next steps in scripture is a program that sam has written himself and so that's monday nights Tuesday night, we have a youth Bible study and the local Christian Motorcyclists Association use the building as well on a Tuesday night. Win. Wednesday night is the, the church is rented out to NA. That's Narcotics Anonymous. And that is run by somebody who comes to our church who's involved with Sam as well. I can't talk too much about that yeah. because it is, it is anonymous by, by virtue of the fact that it's NA. Um, and then Thursday night, we run or Sam runs uh, what's called a big book study. So they take the Alcoholics Anonymous big book, their, their manual that they use for all of their Alcoholics Anonymous stuff. And, uh, and he does a study on that through scripture and uses mm. scripture to, again to explore the 12 steps. And that's really well attended. And then Friday, we have our youth and, and then, um, and then, of course, on a so that's Friday. And then we have a recovery Bible study on a Saturday from Amazing. 12 till 2 and then church on Sunday. So that's our week jam packed schedule is jam packed. But it's really important for people in recovery from addictions that they have things to occupy their time. That's why mm. we do so much. This has continued in person throughout the lot. We haven't stopped the in-person meetings with those because it's classed as support groups. Yeah. So we've always stuck to, you know, when there was restrictions in place on numbers. So when, when it was 15, 
we had two groups of 15 in different parts of the building mm. and we we did it that way we've really kind of stayed away uh from the online stuff not because we have a problem with it but just because we find the in-person oh yeah meeting is so much more valuable so wherever we could we have met in person i mean we're with the church our church has been open on a sunday now for over a year consistently we opened last august when when churches were first allowed to open we opened we you know, with social distancing and, and one-way system and masks and everything in place but we opened and yeah. every time we've been able to be open we've opened and I, I thoroughly believe that that <clears throat> is really one of the reasons that God is blessing us now is, is because we've been really faithful with that. We've trusted in him mm. and we, we've taken a gamble. We've opened and, you know, we have looked after people. and We've put all the safeguards in place that we could, but we've always been open mm. and uh, we just love it. We have seen i think about 16 people in recovery have become christians Amazing. since last summer or since this summer rather right. you know we we during the lockdown we decorated the church and i had a load of recovering drug addicts and alcoholics in the church decorating the church they're mm. all in one bubble they all live in in sort of supported housing together and whatever so we were we were in there these guys were were happily you know for for painting the church and and put you know there, there's something of the ministry in the fabric of the building and i mm. really i really love that and appreciate it so you know we we had when we had the chairs all socially distanced we were having a like a, a recovery group in church every mm. sunday morning sat in a particular section of the church we've, we've kind of removed that now we've intermingled the chairs and 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 so it's no longer a recovery group in a church it's just people coming it's to church, church. And being part of the, yeah it's just church yeah and what i love is that people who are the the, the longest standing or members of the church or the, the more mature christians there's no tutting and shaking of heads at people nice. standing outside and smoking and you know all con outside church on a sunday morning from 10 o'clock it, it it looks like i don't know it, it looks like i think it could look quite foreboding actually to somebody who doesn't know what it is it's just, just this huge group of people stood in the car park all tattoos and smoking and you know whatever mm. and, and and then they all come in at half past and they're all, all worshiping <laughs> yeah it, it's amazing it really is we absolutely love it and what i love is that that the, the people in the church have just accepted that and run with it and mm. are getting involved and and you know we haven't had anybody go oh i can't believe we've got people like that in church yeah I, I think partially because they know that i would tell them there's a church down the road they're welcome to go to if they've got a problem <laughs> with it <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> but we love it yeah oh that's amazing that's so good awesome to hear what god's doing such a um yeah encouragement and hopefully if you're listening in your your heart's been encouraged by hearing what mark's been saying and and the way that that church has been reaching that community i think the importance of have of church staying open during covid was was important i think that i know churches who have recently just opened in a way that you guys did in august in us similarly we opened as soon yeah. as we could and yeah. you know the things that we dealt with then they're dealing with now yeah and i think yeah. that's so tricky to you know because you're starting on square one when actually the rest of the world is already at square eight. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, you know, obviously I know everyone had different thoughts and different opinions, but I think 
that it's important that churches as soon mm. as they could were were open and looking to do yeah. in-person things we had a big push of you know don't uh, neglect to meet together yeah you know, that I, passage in scripture and don't neglect to meet together yeah yeah i believe it and and i've always held and believed that that uh, god will protect people when they come together and worship yeah that doesn't mean that we we ignore the you know the safety protocols we've got to be mm. sensible with it yeah. but but i also believe that that god will protect people when we gather together to worship yeah and we can say that very much for us we've had no cases from the church we've had we we've been really blessed god's first hand that we've had nobody die because of covid in our church yeah. or, or linked into our church we've had one guy who got covid from his son being in school was really touch and go in a ventilator we all gathered together and prayed and mm. completely miraculous turnaround god's brought him back he's you know passionate changed completely like amazing testimony but we've yeah we really feel god's had our very similar to what you're saying as we've stepped out in faith god has met it every time awesome but we go to just then chat a bit more into that community thing that we're we're talking about today sort of starting with as a church what do you see as your biblical mandate for local based community mission when you guys go you know we believe god's got a heart for this where are you saying you know and this is where it shows it god has got a heart for these people and he wants to see their lives changed I think it comes back to the Great Commission. It, it's got to. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach preach the good news to all of creation. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is our Jerusalem. This is our local area. You, you know, as we as we grow and as we expand, then then we will, it, it will be Judea, and then it will be Samaria. Yeah. And then it, do you know what I mean? It, it, we start locally. And, and I believe that Jesus showed us through scripture that he builds community when when jesus called his disciples they weren't they they weren't the religious elite mm. that jesus was calling they were they were men and women outside of the 12 they they were men and women from the community who formed community mm. community within community and they were inclusive they they brought people in and and as as jesus followers increased you know you've got to look at it biblically yes there, there were those who were there who who came to have a look to see what was going on and that that's that's valid i believe i i, I believe that when god moves people will come and yeah. look and and you know our job is just as much to to share the love of jesus and the gospel with those people as it is for for those who are really hurting but but that's what Jesus did. Every time Jesus ministered to somebody, they they were included in community. He didn't just minister to them and then leave them as they were. They, they became followers. I, I believe strongly that Jesus wants wants followers, not fans. Yeah. And the church is very good. The church, but the church, you know, by and large is very good at creating fans of Jesus. I think maybe something of the depth of following Jesus, the depth of relationship there is sometimes neglected. And what COVID has done, I think, is it's it's highlighted the need for pastors. Mm. You know, if you go back a couple of years, like the the, the preaching gifts were the, 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 the kind of superstars of the Christian world. Mm. Um, it was all about platform ministry in those churches with uh, really professional looking or professional sounding platform ministries 
were the ones that that attracted people and grew now i believe people people are hurting people mm. are coming out of of you know we're coming out of this season of covid i know numbers are up and down you know we are coming out i believe of this season of covid and what's happened is we all know with there's there's a huge amount of issues now with mental health with anxiety with with people hurting addiction numbers yeah. People are hitting the off licenses and and the the the, the beer shelves in Tesco's and, and whatever and and those problems are on the increase and because those problems are on the increase pastoral care has got to be on the increase yeah. you you can't solve these problems from a platform it's got to be one to one and so I think God has really highlighted the I'm not blowing my own trumpet here because I I am a pastor and I believe in pastoral <laughs> care. And I would say my number one gift is pastoring, but I believe that 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 God is really highlighting the need for pastors to actually be pastors mm. and not just platform celebrities, maybe. Mm. And that's something that I I've seen because I had a look at your your website and and you guys speak about very much holistic mission in terms of it's not yes. just that's why you are involved so much in where people are hurting the, the areas they're struggling with it's not just you know here's a pamphlet jesus will make it better as much as you know yeah. we know that jesus heals and i'm not stopping that at all like yeah. at the same time you know there's something about getting down in the mud because that's what the bible says that we were we were down in the mud psalm 40 says and he lifted us out of that miry pit and so we're called to, to do the that's same right it's one of my favorite passages of scripture when I look at mission is actually the call of Isaiah mm. in Isaiah chapter six. Yeah. And, uh, he, he, Isaiah says, woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips and I've dwelt in the midst of an unclean of a people of unclean lips. And, and my eyes have seen the glory of the king. It is. It, Isaiah is saying, look, I, I, who am I? I'm, ju- I'm just a bloke. I'm, uh, why are you calling me? And, um, and, and and God, you know, he sends the angel who takes the, the burning coal from the the fireplace in heaven and he touches Isaiah's lips and says, look, I've made you clean. Now go. Hmm. And, and, and Isaiah says a really interesting phrase in scripture here. Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And what I love is that Isaiah doesn't say, here I am, send me. He says, here am I, send me. And I believe there's a there's a subtle difference there. When you're saying here I am, you are announcing yourself. Here I am. You know, look at yeah. me. Here I am. Isaiah is coming like an offering to God. He's saying, Here am I. Mm. He's giving himself to God. Here am I. Send me. Mm. And and I I just like the subtle difference in 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 the wording there. Here am I rather than here I am. Yeah. He's here, not presenting. here is this. Here is yeah. this offering. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's not announcing himself. He's he's giving himself. And and I really love that. And, and you know, Isaiah was a man on a mission, a mandate from God. And, and we can learn. We can learn from all of these greats of scripture. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. How then, you know, you talk about that sort of theological side. Practically then, where do you, how do you listen to, to a community what what did you guys do when you were like you know we want to be different we want to open those doors um where were your key points you were listening to you know who are you asking i can honestly say we never went into this with with the idea of saying we we want to be different we just opened our eyes 
literally that. We just opened our eyes and saw what was around us mm. and there was an immediate need. And I think wherever you are, you could, you could be in the most middle-class community in the world and open your eyes and you will see the need. Yeah. I mean, if we take addictions for an example, they are just one of many needs that people have or can have. There are just as many addictions in middle-class society as there are in, in bedsit land. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I know we're supposed to be classless, but let's be honest, we're not. It, and uh, it, it's just that in, instead of, you know, instead of drinking a bottle of white spirit, they're drinking a 20 pound bottle of wine. Yeah. It's, um, the addiction is the same. And, and there are other addictions that come alongside that. You know, look at look at the, the blessing, the, the double sided coin, the blessing and curse of social media. Yeah. Uh, and, and all of these things that, that need ministry. Pe- people are addicted to social media because it gives them an escape yeah and one of the best things i did was fast social media earlier Mm. this year i fasted social media for a month and it was one of the healthiest things i ever did and i built that into my regular christian life to Mm. fast so i use social media we use social media for the church and actually my wife is in social media marketing yeah yeah I've got to champion the cause of social media when it's used right. Mm. But it can very, very easily become an addiction and uh, people use it as an escape. And Mm. so coming back to your question, I think we've just got to open our eyes and see what is around us, see what's on the doorstep. And again, using Jesus as an example, Jesus didn't sit down with his disciples and say, where are the needs mm. the needy came to him yeah because they saw what he had to offer they they knew that he was real they knew that there was substance there and that he was a life changer and they wanted to be part of that so we we didn't go into this with a an a, agenda and i use the word agenda softly but we didn't go into this with an agenda of of saying hey how can we stand out from other churches by mm. doing this? We, we just saw a need and opened yeah. the doors and that was it. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. And no, I think that's, it's just that sort of being open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do, I suppose, in that scenario, mm. isn't it? It's the, yeah. it's, it's yeah. the saying, you know, God, where are you going to um, put us next? And, and just listening to where he's going to, he's going to lead you i think makes yeah. the big difference yeah no i like what you said about not having an agenda in terms of it wasn't a five-point plan i still don't know what the plan is I don't <laughs> know what's going to Sorry. i've got no idea i'm amazed at what god is doing in the church literally all i've done is is give god the key mm. and say look I, i'm opening the door lord do what you want to do mm. that's it it's that place of submission isaiah here am i send me yeah amazing and, and as that has happened just in the same way that with Isaiah, he speaks, you know, the harvest is, is there, but the, the workers are few. I know that you've been really blessed in that God has put the right people in the right time for you guys, like people like Sam and an equivalent yeah. who, you know, you didn't have mm-hmm. beforehand. And then for the right, right time, God brings that person through. Yeah, he does. He does. And also people to support them mm. in their ministry. I mean, Sam, Sam is a great guy. He's been a Christian about four years. He's getting married on Saturday, which is wonderful. Amazing. Um, uh, and we're, we really celebrate him with him. But we had a we had a couple come to the church through the lockdown, 
and uh, they they started coming to us they they'd connected with us online they don't actually live locally they travel quite away to our church mm. uh, but they're mature christians and they really felt that god was calling them to us so with the blessing you know again they're mature christians with the blessing of their former church leadership they came to us and uh, and and they said you know we're not sure why but god has brought us here mm. and then the whole thing with sam started and this ministry and this fellow ray i just said to him ray ray would you be a support for sam be there to, to call him and talk to him and and kind of father him mm. disciple him as he's inputting into all of these other people ray is inputting into sam and i'm inputting into ray mm. and it's sam at the, at the same time but it but Ray is there to 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 be a support to Sam in a spiritual sense. And and so, you know, God has brought people in for, you know, Sam, Sam is the face of the recovery ministry. But people like Ray are there to support that and to pray mm. it through and, and all of those things, which are just as important. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a good thing. If you're listening in, be not just be thinking about what can I do? Where can I be the face? But where can I be at the coal face, as it were, in terms of where can yeah. I be praying, supporting, being with people there, that discipleship that I know we've spoken about a few times on the podcast recently about the importance of discipleship units who support each other. Mm. And that's how church grows. And that's how God's ministry grows. Uh, God's kingdom grows is through the, yeah, as you said, the one on one. The Yeah the yeah. time there yeah. um just in terms of the obviously loads of what you've said has been incredibly positive and we love hearing that i think it'd be great just to has it what have been the challenges what have been the challenges as well over the last little while when you listen to a community that's broken obviously there's brokenness so what have been yeah. some of the challenges i think so some of the challenges with the type of ministry that we're involved in is the turnover of people I think, you know, so, some, so we, we've had 16 people become Christians since, since last summer. We've had loads more people than that who have come along and been involved in ministry and come to church for a few weeks. And, and the, the sort of the recovery, if I can call it the recovery community, I don't like to label people in that way. It's just a way of explaining who they are, yeah. are almost transient by nature. Mm. They, they come along, they do something for a few weeks and then go along. And so, so getting people to connect and commit and, and really making them part of that community is, it, it, you know, it's successful, but it, but it, it's a challenge. And then, of course, there's there are the practical challenges like time. I actually went over a year without having without I didn't take a, a, a day's holiday in 2020, mm. not a single day. And I've only had one five day week. I haven't had a Sunday off in over two years. And I've only had five days holiday this year when we moved house. We Goodness. I took five days off Monday to Friday. And so there there is that. It is a it is a huge commitment. I'm not I'm not bleating or you know or or trying to pluck at people's heartstrings for that. Oh, yeah. Believe that God has called me to this mm. ministry isn't a, a job it's 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 a life it's a calling mm. and so you know if god wants me to be there seven days a week two three hundred and sixty five days a year then i will be i never turn my phone off on my days off and things like that I'm always available for people in the church and and you know pastorally i'm always available for people and i know you know people warn about burnout and 
all of these sorts of things, but I've genuinely felt God sustaining me throughout that. I, I take an hour or, or an hour and a half, maybe four or five times a week to go to the gym. That's my, that that's my yeah release. That's my, you know, I, I, I can get it all out there. I can sweat and scream and shout and, <laughs> And it's and it's all it's all good. It's but but I, I I believe that God has called me here for this season to mm. I, I thoroughly believe that part of the reason God brought me to this particular church was because of you know God knew that COVID was coming mm. and I and I have been able to I've been blessed to be able to bring the church through that and to guide the church through that. And we're all learning. None yeah. of us yeah, I, if you'd have asked me two years ago, how do you how do you lead church through a pandemic? <laughs> go go, <laughs> go and ask someone else. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no module on that in no. Bible college. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting as well, though, hearing you say about that because I always and obviously I know seasons are different, but when sort of we were together it was very much like a sounds a bit when we were together when i was when i was a placement student the you had took was it mondays mondays were, were very much oh, yeah because yeah. i remember times when i'd message you and and you know you you normally come back you know very politely saying i'll get back to you tomorrow i'm yeah, just taking yeah. this time and obviously that's i know gone. yeah that's, that's gone out that, the window a bit yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> i do still have mondays off hmm and where I can, I will keep Mondays for myself. Always make sure that I, I give time to my wife and my mm. kids. You know, they are my first pastoral responsibility. And and so I, I try very hard to do that. You know, I'll, I'll sit down with my daughter, you know, kids film or something. I, my son who's a bit older, I'll take him out and do something man orientated go out on the bikes he's he's a biking now isn't he yeah he is yeah he's got his, he's got a one two five and I've, I've i've got a chip off the old block yeah i've got a 1200 cc bike that's a bit quicker than his yeah so, you know, but, <laughs> no we do we're, we're, we've, we've been out on a few rides over the summer with the christian motorcyclist association actually hmm. so we'll do things like that and and you know karen and i will will if we can midweek we'll go out and get lunch or something but do you know what i don't keep my, my mondays are my days off are important but they're not precious yeah so i'll you know if something needs doing i'll do it yeah it, it's not a problem i'm not going to not answer the phone to somebody in need because it, and i think that the church generally respect that as well so if if it's not an important situation yeah. most the church will leave it till the next day but they know they can contact me if they need to yeah. it's again it's about building that culture of yeah very much so mutual respect i think yeah no definitely i think that is a culture thing isn't it that you know you you're not there just to they know that you're not there just to invest into their life that that does not yep. your prime role their personal caregiver but at <laughs> the same time like you have a responsibility and a and a yep. spiritual duty and and those trying to balance those two things will always be that's um, it yeah yeah difficult but no i think there's those are amazing just to sort of close up then thank you so much for 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 joining um, me what would you suggest to churches who say you know we want to get involved in our communities but we just want that first step like we're just a bit struggling with that first step you know what yeah. what would you say if someone says that to you number one say god give us opportunity 
and I've never known somebody not to be given opportunity when they prayed, God, give me opportunity. Opportunity will always present itself because we're praying in line with scripture. Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are, we're, if we're praying at the Great Commission, God will commission us every time. So, so pray first and foremost, open your eyes and look at what's around you, see what the needs are in your community mm. and pray into that and say, God, give us opportunity. Uh, and then and then test the water don't don't just pray for opportunity and then and then you know wait for it to miraculously happen you you've got to take opportunity you've got to push the doors and uh, and you've got to see what's what's available and what can happen and don't be afraid of changing church mm. don't be don't don't be afraid to offend people by changing church don't change things for the sake of changing things. Bring people along with you, you know, wherever possible. Bring the whole church along with you and uh, and involve different people in different ministries. Don't be afraid to give stuff away. You know, we, we, I, I started our youth group because we didn't have a youth group in the church. So we had two or three teenagers. I started getting them together on a Friday night. It, it grew a little bit. We, we had seven or eight teenagers on a Friday night. A couple of them were bringing their friends we got a, a room, an old, just a junk room in the church. We cleared it out, turned it into what we call, now call the youth lounge, a space for them to have for themselves. We prayed, I tested the water. We, we prayed for over a year for a youth leader. Mm. And we tried various different avenues and, and different people that we, we talked to about that. And then eventually God just brought the right person along. It was actually somebody I've known for his whole life. Wow. So I know him. And he was a youth leader in another church locally. And, you know, that that had come to a natural conclusion. And we met up and he he took over our youth group during COVID mm. and has grown that to about 25, 26 teenagers on a Friday Amazing. night through COVID. Wow. And, and uh, you know, originally that was all online on Friday nights as well. And so that was fantastic. And, you know, but, but it's about... I could have held on to that and said, no, I'm going to do this. But as soon as he came along, I said, no, Simon, you crack on, you do it. Tell me what you need mm. and I will enable your ministry. I, I don't want to micromanage his ministry or tell him how to run his ministry. Yeah. I want to be available for him and give him the opportunity that he needs to explore his calling in God. Mm. It's all about being different parts of the body and working together as the apostle Paul teaches in in numerous places throughout mm. scripture, there are lots of references to the church being like a body in the New Testament. And, you know, if we're all doing the same thing, we're not going to go anywhere. So don't be afraid to let church change. Mm. Church will change. You can't grow church and have it remain the same. Yeah, I really believe that. But it's 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 about respecting the change and bringing people along with you rather than just going, hey, this is how it's going to be. Yeah. If you don't like it, sling your hook. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mark, uh, for joining us. Thanks for your wisdom and, and heart and chatting through and, and we'll be praying for BH1 and all the work that you're doing. Hopefully you enjoyed today's discussion. Uh, if you want to learn more about the work that Mark's involved in leading Bournemouth, in Bournemouth, please check out their website, which is springborn.org and follow them on Facebook. Thanks for listening in. Check out the Christchurch social media over the coming weeks to see the guest for the next podcast and we'll see you next month. <laughs>